Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. My name is Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about one, uh, well, a couple of the most underutilized accounts that we see people not have. And this is for naturopathic doctors, but frankly, it's for just most Americans. And some of people, some people have some of these accounts, they just massively underutilize it. Yep. And so th- this account is more about flexibility uh, and just in, in planning and in life. And so there's three characteristics that we're about to go into, but let, let, let's set the stage here, Alex, right? So most people, as we go through life, does life happen exactly how it how we plan it? No, there's always some sort of surprise. Like the future is unknowable, and yeah, we always wind up like sometimes the surprises are really good. We like found a building for our practice that like we didn't expect to be able to ever purchase, or something became available that we weren't expecting, or we get a call from somebody who is a mentor that says, "Hey, we want to partner with you," or like winning the lottery or receiving an inheritance or like an unexpected, um, you know, referral source or whatever the case may be, we get something that is unexpectedly good or we wind up with something that's unexpectedly bad, Uh, a car accident or like a phone call with bad news or whatever the situation and circumstances are. The future is not promised. It's not knowable. And like we don't know what's going to come our way. And what's interesting about this is is what do most people and and you and I, what do we all read that we should be doing with our money? Or where should we be putting it, right? And so most people read, well, you need to have an emergency fund. Right. And then that, you know, there's a whole bunch of different arguments on how much you should have, but oftentimes it's at least 3 months of your expenses sitting in a savings account. Which is followed almost immediately by keep as little in there as possible because you get a terrible rate of return on this money. Yep. And then the next thing they say is make sure you're maxing out your retirement account. Because of all the tax advantages and you know maybe your employer is giving you a match or like whatever else, uh, but like put everything into super long term. And in theory, I, I understand why – like that makes sense. But in reality, as we just explained, it doesn't make sense at all. Well, it works out on spreadsheets. Right. It works out in theory, but it doesn't allow for real life to occur. Exactly. And so this is, you know, we, we've recorded an episode where we talk about buckets, right? We've, we've recorded the short-term bucket, which is like your savings account. We've, we've got the long-term bucket, which is your retirement account or your practice, right? It could, that also could be following that, that retire that long-term bucket, but most people don't have the midterm bucket, right? And this is the bucket of money that, and let's kind of get into the characteristics here, Alex, right? If we were to design this, right, we would want access to this money, right? So liquidity is what us advisors love to use as jargon, right? We want access to this money. We want access to it rather quickly because it's either something bad where we need to get the money, we need to take care of it quick, or it's something good and the same thing. We need to get to it quick so we can take advantage of it. 
Yeah. I mean, ultimately, there's ways to potentially access some funds short term, whether it's, you know, credit card, HELOC, things of that nature. So like we need to be able to get access to these funds sometime within the one one week to like maybe one to two month time period. Um, We just can't have these dollars tied up. And when we say tied up, there's really kind of two main things that we're talking about. We don't want to pay fees to get access to it. And secondly, we don't want to pay taxes or penalties to get access to it. So for the most part, this money can't be in like retirement accounts because we're running into one or both of those issues. Um, and yeah, like the, like there's a third thing and that is in an ideal world, this is largely, um, promise-based assets as opposed to market-based assets. So we don't have to worry about the timing of like, whatever it is, whether it's the real estate market, the bond market, the stock market, or, or some other type of market, we don't want it to be based on the opinion of others. We want it to be based in, on a promise that we know is rock solid and guaranteed. Yeah. So Alex just went over the, the next two characteristics, right? So the, the second tech characteristic was tax benefits or tax efficiency of the account. And the third one was risk profile, right? We want this to be definitely less risky than say maybe our retirement account because the retirement account is for 30 years from now. And one of the things that's really tricky to do with this, this type or these types of accounts is to pinpoint it because that midterm bucket is so variable. It goes from wherever the heck your emergency reserve ends mm-hmm. somewhere in the neighborhood of three months to a year on out to retirement, which might be as much as, 20, 30, or even 40 years away. So we've got this massive like time frame. And if we're trying to solve like the three month to five years, we're going to want one set of characteristics. And if we're looking at like 20 years to 30 years, we're looking at almost an entirely different set of characteristics. So we're tr- what we're trying to do is give you the, the baseline and everyone's situation is going to be a little bit different, and a little bit unique. So you need to tailor it for what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So like a, a prime, we've already talked about a couple of examples, but a, a, a prime example that I recall, and I think a lot of other people will recall is how many times, even today, when we're talking to people and we're, like real estate comes into the, the conversation, how many times, Alex, do you hear, man, if I just had some money back in 08? Wait. 08, 09, 10, 11, I mean, even 12 at this point, like those were all phenomenal buying opportunities. And like, it's just one of those things where the, yes, it is a hundred percent hindsight revisionist history. Um, and like, I know some folks that went heavy into real estate at that point. Um, and like, it took a lot, uh, like they were taking tremendous amounts of risk, um, at, by doing so, um, because there was so much uncertainty, but at the same time, they were identifying an opportunity and they were using funds that they were looking at as like, Hey, this is worth the the risk to convert, you know, medium term funds into long-term funds. This is an opportunity that we're looking for. And it's one of the reasons why we, we want to have liquidity and, and, you know, dollars available to make these types of calculated risks. Yeah. And, and my comment every time someone says that is, well, why didn't you? 
right? And that's when they kind of look at you. And at first, they're kind of mad that you called them out on it. <laughs> and then they're then they question like, why didn't I? And the reason is, is they had the two basic accounts. They had their bare minimum emergency fund, and then they had their retirement accounts. Right. Right. So, so we've discussed the characteristics of the of this account, and you know we've explained why that makes it flexible. What what are some examples of this, Alex? Uh, sure. So there's a couple different types of accounts. Um, the the first type of account that we're going to talk about is uh, banking accounts. So like this fits into the liquidity. It fits into the uh, less risky because you're dealing with uh, promise based assets here. Um, depending upon what structure you use, you might have some amount of like reinvestment risk or things of that nature. And we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, we're not going to get much in the way of tax benefits with this structure. Um, so it ticks two of the three boxes. Uh, but this is things like, uh, you know, high yield savings accounts, money market accounts, uh, CDs. Um, and then there's there's equity linked CDs as well. There's structured products. There's a couple different um, types of accounts that we can go ahead and get into where uh, we've got some amount of like guarantee, whether it's principal or principal plus some interest. Um uh, and then we've got some amount of upside and that could be interest rate driven. It could be uh, partially market driven. There's a couple different structures and ways to go about some of these types, different types of things. Um, and like with interest rates being higher right now, and we're recording this in July of 2023 and the Fed has raised the rates significantly. We're looking at a prime rate of like, I think it's eight and a quarter now. Um, so we, we get a solid return for dollars sitting on the, on the sideline. Um, and, uh, like most savings accounts and things of that nature, high yield savings accounts that we're seeing right now are somewhere in the neighborhood of four to five, maybe even just a tad bit over five. Um, and with core inflation falling down to the point where it's now under four and a half, you might actually be able to see some amount of real return by just having dollars sit in a savings account. Yeah. So that, that's, that's number one, right? Savings account and, and those other type of accounts that, that Alex mentioned. What's this, what's this, what's another type of account, Alex? Sure. This would be like a, a brokerage account. Um, could be an individual, could be a TOD. There's a couple A TOD stands for transfer on death. Um, ultimately, this is non-qualified dollars, so not inside of a retirement account. Um, we can hold whatever we want. So we can hold things like uh, CDs, whether they are traditional CDs that are interest rate driven or equity link CDs. Uh, we can hold uh, structured notes. We can hold fixed income. Uh, we can hold uh, bond funds. We can hold uh, stock funds. Again, we've got a lot of control and flexibility. It's kind of like what we were talking at the beginning with this midterm bucket, where if we want to be early, we can have something that's much more safe and guaranteed. If we want something that's more aimed at long-term, we can go ahead and be more aggressive with the allocation or things of that nature. So um, it, it's not necessarily one particular thing. Uh, it provides a lot of flexibility. Yeah. And and Alex is getting at, like we said midterm bucket as, as it's only one bucket of money. You might start with one bucket. Right to Alex's point, if you don't have it, maybe you're starting with that that short term type of uh, mentality in terms of the risk profile, and then once you have that established, then maybe you get that that twenty to thirty year bucket that that Alex is bringing up, or you know whatever time frame we're looking at there. So w- when we're saying bucket of money, it's not one bucket. Yeah, it might, might start as one bucket, but you might actually have two, maybe even three. 
Yeah. Again, we're time segmenting these, these dollars. So like if your emergency reserve is three months or six months or a year, it's from whatever that finishes to like maybe five years, that's kind of that first segment in there. Um, and then you probably have one that's going to be like five to 15 years where you don't want it to be super aggressive, but you want it to be like maybe a little, add in a little bit of volatility, um, try to get a little bit better rate of return, knowing that there's going to be, you know, potentially some fees or penalties to access that money early. But because it's not money that we need within the first five years, we've got time for that to go away or to not be a factor in the decision-making process. Yeah. Um, so, and like, Yes, you're 100% right, Ryan. It's not all just like when we're talking about the midterm bucket, it's not necessarily one thing. It's oftentimes like it might be one account that we have like multiple different things in with the idea that we're trying to segment the time of when we would access the funds. And we might be able to fund two or three of these different components at the same time. Um, it doesn't have to be a all or nothing type solution. And there's one, there's a last one that possibly could work. There, there are different uh, types of permanent life insurance type products. They're life insurance first, right? So, you know, these products are for protecting, uh, protecting your income and making sure you're providing, you know, the lifestyle uh, or legacy that you're looking to leave for your family. But there's a secondary um, uh, reason or asset that's built into these life insurance and it's called cash value. And this cash value uh, can grows tax deferred and you can get access to it tax free in, in several different ways. And this type of bucket is accessible. So we're going through these, these characteristics. You've got the liquidity aspect, meaning that cash value is yours. You can touch it when you want tax benefits. I just explained tax deferred, and then you might be able to uh, access it tax free in terms of distribution. And then from a risk standpoint, it's not correlated with the market. Uh, some some are some aren't. It depends on what you're actually using Fair. for yeah, the underlying structure, right? Um, and, and like it's it's one of those things where we just need to make sure that we're using the right thing for the right time segment, and you know, depending upon your risk tolerance or what what you're trying to accomplish with it, we may want we may choose one product over the other. That is very much personal preference. It's also how it fits in the plan what the rest of the assets look like. There are a whole host of things that go into this decision. Yep. So, you know, the whole reason for the, having this midterm bucket or buckets, plural, is for flexibility, right? Just in life, right? It, it Life doesn't happen as, okay, you start to go to work and you have an emergency fund to cover a car bill that pops up and then you retire 30 years later. Like that's not how life normally happens. You might want to buy a house one day. You might want to buy a you second might, house one day. Like you, you might send have, your kids to college. You might yeah. get a vacation property. There, like you might have the opportunity to, like, buy a building for your practice, or like you might want to buy into somebody else's practice. Like there are so many different potential reasons to like have cash. Yeah, which uh, I think we should end it on. You know, we're, this this whole episode is about creating that that bucket of, of flexibility inside of a financial plan. And I think that's where a lot of people, when they, they don't, that's the part that they don't really grasp is they think of a financial plan as like, okay, I should put my money here and here's the rate of return and here's the magical number I'm going to have in 30 years. I think that's what they think in terms of financial plan. And at least the way that we work with financial planning is, A, it's, it's not a financial plan, like set it and forget it. 
like that's just not how life works because life isn't a set it and forget it. At least I hope it's not. <laughs> how horrible of a life would that be? Like. <laughs> One of the things that we oftentimes will relate a financial plan to is like a pilot piloting a plane from like New York to like, say, San Francisco. You, you're going to need to make adjustments. And yes, doing something like putting it on autopilot, you'll get very close to where you're trying to go. But you don't need to be off by very much to land in Los Angeles instead of San Francisco. And I guarantee you, any of the passengers on board expecting to land in San Francisco are not going to be happy if they land in Los Angeles. Exactly. Um, and so like, we need to make sure that like there are pilots on the plane and that they are course correcting for weather or whatever else occurs as we fly across the country. Same thing with financial planning. Like, yes, we can go ahead and set a plan and we're going to need to course correct whether through like the good things and the bad things. And like, we need to make adjustments. Hopefully they aren't wholesale adjustments. We don't want to like chuck out the plan and start over. Uh, but at the same time, like we w- we're going to want to make course corrections, whether it's adding dollars or changing where the dollars are going or, Hey, we filled up this bucket. Let's look at the next component. Like there are going to be course corrections and we can't predict them like five years, uh, 15 years ahead of time, let alone, two, three, or five. Exactly. Which takes us to the question of the day, Alex. Our question today is what account or accounts do you have that help you create flexibility? So head over to holistic-finance.com. And at the top of that page is a contact us to answer that question. I'd love to hear uh, what you all have established. If this episode brought up any questions like you know, Ryan, this Ryan, Alex, this was a great episode, but I have a couple more detailed questions. That's also a great spot for you to email us and we'll answer that question and email you back. It may not be the very specific email because if we don't know your financial background, we can't give you a specific answer. Um, but, uh, it's a great way to, to communicate with us. Look, we started, uh, if, you need, this, if you, if you need a specific question, like just book some time on our calendar or ask to book, ask us to reach out to you and we'll find some time to dig into it. Absolutely. We started this podcast to help naturopathic doctors build the practice that you want so you can live the life that you want. So you can have that time and that freedom to spend with your family, spend in your practice, right? Like actually have that freedom and not be stressed about money decisions or money in general. So if you found any value out of this, share it, please. Because if you did, I'm guessing maybe some friends, some coworkers, maybe even some family members might as well. As always, we hope this episode was valuable for you. And Mr. Collins... Make it a great day. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation. 
or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity, please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201, phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Brian Burklow, AR Insurance License Number 15319412. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License Number 7264699. CA Insurance License Number 0H24806. Endpoint number 2023-158547, expiration July 2025.